I'm Jada Merritt, and you're listening to From the Rookery End. Welcome to the From the Rookie End halftime moment of the Watford against Stoke game. Coming up, we will be speaking about this game, plus speaking to JJ from the USA. Yes, JJ Merritt. Uh, we just caught up with him before the game. Uh, my name is John. With me is Mike. Hello to you. Uh, hello. And uh, Jason. Hello there. Uh, so we are live from Watford fans, season ticket holders of Rookie End, and uh, every week from the Rookie End is our take on life as a Watford fan. And it's been a, f- a funny old week, a brilliant week, and actually. I keep thinking about things and it gets more brilliant as the week's gone on. After Arsenal, uh, win at Arsenal, I was at a high for the win, but then all of a sudden, as the, as the week went on, Mike, Wembley started sinking in slowly. Yes, hoving into view, the arch was, uh, was playing a part on all our minds, yeah. Yeah, the enormity of what we, uh, what we achieved, both in, in beating Arsenal, I think, and the fallout surrounding that, and then being knocked out of, the, of their cup, as, uh, as a lot of their supporters have seen it in the last couple of years. Yeah, and the achievement of getting to another semi-final, and then I think probably when it when it sunk in for me was the fact we got Palace in the semi-final. I'm going to say it. I'll regret it. A winnable game, <laughs> for the, and that's probably the first time in my sort of adult Watford supporting lifetime that we face a winnable FA Cup semi-final, which in itself is of course hugely exciting. Um, so two elements: a massive win over Arsenal, going full tilt. It was their full side, as, as really that's a, the strongest side they could have been expected to put out. We saw them off, so that's great in isolation. But then, yeah, you're right, over the week, it sort of incrementally got, got more exciting as you realise just what we've achieved. Brilliant. Uh, Jason, looking back on the game now, um, uh, what, what, how are you feeling about that win at Arsenal? Uh, obviously, it is amazing. Not many people go to the Emirates and, uh, and win. I suppose for me, because I, I couldn't go to the game, so there's a, a little bit of jealousy and, oh, I wish I could have been there. But I would rather Watford win and not be there than go to the game and see us lose which because I'm going to the league game we probably will lose that one <laughs> um, yeah it's actually I mean it was just as exciting and enthralling to watch I think from home watching the football and watch us win and beat Arsenal um, and I'm sure we all know Arsenal fans so we've been lauding it all week at work <laughs> over our uh, over our colleagues that support Arsenal so yeah absolutely fantastic delighted loving it and looking forward to the semi-final because I think in, in the blur of that of that game um Something wasn't right in the first half, and we wondered what were they going to do. We weren't sure what they were going to do. They did something different, but I think I said to Andy on the podcast, I was like, "What do they do differently?" He couldn't figure it out. Did you notice anything that we did differently to go from that first half to the second half? I don't, I don't think so because all in all, we we only really had a couple of chances in that second half, and we and we took those chances. I think that was the difference. They they didn't. They had good chances. We took them well. As the, the the move for the first goal, and it's been said about Arsenal that they. They don't always defend well at set pieces, and that's what it is, a long throw, flick on into the box. And what they've managed to do is they've managed to isolate Gabriel. It's yeah. just one-on-one with Igalo. Igalo's turned him like he wasn't there. It was almost as if he'd been sent off for a two-footed challenge in the first half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and finished it brilliantly. And then Gediora, no one saves those. No. And, it, and that, that, that was it, I think. They, they didn't. Although Jonathan Pierce did try and say that Peter Cech would have saved it, which I thought was a little bit mealy mouthed when he saw the saw the go going on match of the day saying oh would Peter Cech have got that he probably would have done or something like that it's like oh come on mate at least give us a bit of credit but I think it's important we're a week on now we do need to park that and I was a little bit not surprised 
or frustrated, but to hear the Wembley songs perhaps for the first minute, that's fine. But we need to move on, I think, now. We've got some serious business to take care of. We want to make sure that this... I think the other thing we spoke about, about our, after Arsenal was how it should give us confidence for the rest of this campaign. How many games are left? Eight, nine games. Yeah. And really, we need to kick on and make sure that we end in the position that we think we probably deserve to, which is probably higher where we, than we currently sit. I think probably four or five points we should be better off. We need to go and win those now. And I think we need to regroup as supporters, I think. Part that, that's it. It's five weeks away, the Cup semi-final plenty of football in between then and now um, so yeah I just want us to, to get our heads down really because this is the, still the Premier League it almost feels like after the Lord Mayor show which is which is understandable I get it we're all we're still talking about the Arsenal game but this is a Premier League football match how long have we waited to see Premier League football at this level um, at Vicarage Road now we've got it we must cherish it we must enjoy it and yeah just carry on going for it uh, that thing that came out this week, which we were wondering about, and we've, we've, we've debated a, a long time, would, would Troy Deeney make it into the England squad? The news was he didn't. Jason, surprised he didn't? No, no, not at all. I think Hodgson was here for a couple of games, and he didn't really perform in those games to the levels that we know he can perform. And I just think the way England play doesn't really suit him. I mean, they, they can't pick Igalo for starters, and we know, we've been saying it all season, those two are, are greater than the sum of their parts. And I think um, Deeney playing alongside anywhere else wouldn't be as good a Deeney as the one that plays alongside Igalo. So I'm not surprised he's not in the squad. Uh, but he's a bit disappointing. It would have been great to see him feature. And you thought if he's going to get an England call-up, it's probably for these friendlies where, where Roy's trying it out a little bit. But Jay said he wouldn't, wouldn't pick Igalo, wouldn't put it in party FA to try and do something like that. Um, the way the England team's been over the last sort of uh, decade or so. But I think he'll obviously be disappointed because there's always an outside chance while people are talking about it. But ultimately there are people... A lot of people ahead of him in the pecking order. He's, he hasn't got the eye-catching amount of goals. I think if Troy Deeney scored 10, 12 goals, yes. then perhaps his, his case would have been stronger, even with those, those slightly less... Im um, I don't think they were less impressive, but less marquee performances that, that Roy saw. He was asked to do different jobs that didn't show off his, what we, show off his talents as, uh, as perhaps they otherwise might have been. So I'm, no doubt he'll be disappointed. From a Watford point of view, Great to keep him in the football club instead. We don't have to worry about him picking up a knock because you know Troy, if he plays, it doesn't matter if it's a friendly against the under-15s, Sabutio with his son, um, whatever, he's going to be going hammer and tongs. So nice that we can keep an eye on him. No doubt he'll take a jet to Paris or something. To, um, so he won't be uh, within the bosom for the whole international break. But nice, he'll be kept within the club. We can keep an eye on him. And from a selfish point of view, it's nice that uh, we don't have to worry about him getting injured. No, my thought was with Troy, uh, at this point of the season, would you throw Troy into either Manchester City, Manchester United or a top club at this point of the season? And you go, no, probably not. But you know what? In the summer you might. So there is that point. The next time the Euros is over and it's the next cycle of, of England, yeah, the, the is more likely to be given a chance to, to, to see what he can do. But I don't think now was, was the time necessarily to do it. He's always going to be in with a chance. Just because just his sheer effort and... His, his understanding, his commitment, his willingness is one thing, but he's, he's cuter than everyone to give him credit for. Everyone thinks he's a brute, everyone thinks he's a big unit, which he is, but, his, but his, the way he plays Igalo in and, he, and other colleagues, his understanding of the game seems to have developed an, an, an upward curve like the, like the rest of the team. I was saying to, to Andy, who I was sitting with uh, um, for the first half, Watford looked like a Premier League sometimes, but we still look like a Championship side at others. We give the ball away too quickly. But what Troy seems to have done, he seems to have grown with the, with the players around him, the players who have come in with Champions League experience, uh, top flight experience from other leagues, and he has tuned into that so well with the little 
just his understanding of the game. So he's got that, he's got his goal-scoring ability and he's got his commitment. So he's always going to be in with a chance of an England call-up. And if not, he, he really, really should be. So he's getting better. This guy's getting better and it's just, it's just great to see him here at Watford. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. Before the game, uh, Mike caught up with uh, JJ from the USA, Mr. Jay Demerit, and he was he was he was Jay Demerit, wasn't he? He absolutely was. He was everything you'd hoped him to be. He was cool, um, friendly, chill, well dressed. Yeah, he looked the part. Um, yeah, it was great to talk to him. Uh, so we caught with Jay uh, to find out about what he's up to at the moment uh, and some of those very very important games that he played uh, when he was uh, a Watford player. So we are delighted to be joined on uh, the podcast by none other than Jay Demerit. Jay, welcome to From the Recreant. Good to be here, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. So, Jay, anyone that follows you on Twitter and Instagram would think that life is pretty good. Is that right? <laughs> life is certainly good. Yeah, it's uh, you know obviously it's a change when you when you get out of the game. You have to have other things to do, and thankfully, you know, I've anyone that's followed my career knows that I have a lot of other interests and. Uh, you know, try to do a lot of other things, and it's been really nice also to be able to kind of get, put, take your other hat off and, and 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 start new things. And you forget how hard you got to work to restart things. But uh, yeah, you, you realize very quickly that the easiest job you'll ever have in your life is being a footballer. But uh, it, it's uh, it's certainly a new a new uh, new new thing and, and lease on life. But having a new child too that's only three months old is is the newest lease. But uh, amazing, absolutely amazing. And we're happy near Vancouver in Whistler, up in the mountains. So new baby new business anything else going on at the moment that we, that we need to know about well funny enough one of the reasons we're here today was um, I'm, I'm, I'm here with uh, some producers from LA and they're thinking about having me host a new soccer TV show called the one true religion and basically what we would do is I would go around to football cultures all around the world and we would learn about the culture and l- learn the team's chants and their pregame rituals and all that kind of fun stuff that comes along with the true essence of what football is and we might try to do an episode on Watford which would be really interesting not only for me of course as as the host and for people to get to know the club but uh, you know there is a Hollywood element in Elton and all the other kind of cool things that would make Watford interesting to, to other people especially in a North American market where this show would take place so that's another reason we're here to scout the locations but I've just walked through the locker room and man that's changed <laughs> but, but for the best for sure. You mentioned the change room is obviously a little bit different is a different feel about the place what's it what's it like being back it is you know there's a there's a I mean don't get me wrong I've always loved I've always loved the Vic you know that's always had a good buzz but you you definitely feel a different buzz here and whether that's the fact that there's four four stands that can actually can enclose a real stadium I think that 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 brings a little bit more of an electricity to the atmosphere but that being said, you know I've, I, I've of course paid very close attention to what's going on here, and to see where the club has is not only come from but where it's going is uh, is great. You know, for all Watford fans, myself included, to see where the club's at now again, to 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 see the improvements, but not only to see that, but the confidence now in the club, not only to produce this, but continuing to do that now in the future and and, and grow the club. And I can, you know, I see the club in a fantastic place, and as a Watford fan, that's really great to see. If we can take you back really quickly, back to where it all began, really in England, in England terms, that that game at Northwood when you played against Watford, can you remember much about that game? Was can you remember who you were marking? And and above all else, was there a moment when you thought, "Nice one, Jay. I'll have, I'll have done enough in this game to get noticed." <laughs> uh, yeah, a little a little bit of everything, you know, because they had just come back from the Algarve Cup, where they won it. And I remember Sean Dyche, who was the captain at the time, had brought the cup to the game. So I remember seeing that first and foremost. I remember Gavin Mann pulling up in his blue M3 car and, uh, and then playing it against Watford. Bruce Dyer was the guy that I had to, uh, had to mark that day. Um, and, and literally, uh, 
after the game, I remember in the locker room and my coach coming up to me and being like, I've just actually talked to Ray Lewington about you. It, it seems to be some good news and um, I, I go home <laughs> and I'll call you. I'll call you later to figure out uh, if we can get you on, on trial at Watford. And sure enough, uh, Ray, Ray Lewington had talked to, to my manager and got the necessary details. And I, I got the call that night to say uh, Watford's invited you for a two week trial. And that's where it all began. Amazing. And fast forward a little bit. Millennium Stadium. You wrote yourself into Watford folklore that afternoon with that thumping header. I still watch it today. Still get goosebumps. People talk about the, the tunnel, though. It's sort of that's been written into folklore as well. And that, and that game was a lot of Watford players have said that game was won in the tunnel. What was it like before the game? It was. And, you know, it's funny. I was telling this story last night to a Watford fan. Um, a lot, some people don't know that, but that week leading up to the game, uh, A.D. Boothroyd put us all on a bus and, and we were supposed to go to training and, you know, the pressure was high and, you know, there's, there's a lot of pressure there in that playoff week, you know, the prep and the, and the pressure to potentially be in the Premier League, right, and all of the implications of the club, you know, and the bonuses you get when you come in and all that kind of stuff and I think A.D. Boothroyd felt that tension and got, put us all on a bus and brought us to the Millennium Stadium and it was a dark 80,000 seat stadium and we walked out to the halfway line and we sat around that center circle and uh, he said now you've been here and, and now on Sunday when you come you don't have to act like you've never been here before and I think that really calmed our nerves and um, we had this this tunnel thing going on for the whole time for the Crystal Palace games before that and then it, then carried that into the playoff final where we just we'd jump around we'd make all this noise we had loud guys like Jordan Stewart and Marlon King and those guys like you know just in everyone's faces and yeah I, I mean I, I vividly remember all this, this just constant noise coming from our end and then seeing the Leeds guys across from us and the other and they're just standing there and I just you know I think we brought that confidence into the game and you know thankfully uh, got my head on the 127 minutes in and that, I think not only did that get, even gain us in confidence, I think we knew that if we scored, we win. And, and, and I think everyone just settled in, but we, all, we also knew that we all had a job to do. And, and, and you know, you talk about team performances and talking about 11 guys plus subs just doing their jobs. And, and, and no more uh, apparent than that game was everyone came to do exactly what they were supposed to do. The goal scorer scored and, uh, and, and we kept another clean sheet. So that was, a, that was a, another thing from a defensive standpoint we wanted to do. It's been an inspirational journey. Watford fans have loved sort of learning all about it, and we, we got a chance to do that through the movie, of course. Yes, of course. Um, Rise and Shine, you can still get it on, on DVD and all, the, all those sort of places. If you had to direct a film, a movie, about a Watford player, past or present, who would it, who would it be? Um, I, I mean, it has to... Well, I think that Lo, the Lloyd Doyle story would be pretty <laughs> interesting. Um, but I think it's got to be Deeney, you know, the way that he's come back. And, and, I, and I also think, the, uh, you know, the experience of, you know, that goal and, and, the, and the, the, the penalty miss and the thing and the... You know, to be the guy that, that's carried those on his shoulders and, and gone through the adversity that he has, but still, again, I think I think everything about him represents this club and, and, and you know, not only the, the, the fans that have been able to continue to love him, um, but, but also the way that he carries himself. And, you know, I've known him now over the years and, it, you know, he loves this club and, and that's what you want in a club like Watford. You want the players to really care about playing for this club and I think he, he personifies that and I, and I certainly love that too. You've had the fairy tale ending, I think it's fair to say. Can Watford get that fairy tale ending at, at Wembley next month? I think so. You know, no, no better time than now. Uh, of the teams left in it, there's no better opportunity than Watford lifting a cup than this year. I think. Than, uh, uh, and there's no doubt. You know, carry, you carry that confidence in. They, they get a couple wins now in the next couple weeks. You, you see them in May, and you never know what can happen in a cup final. Uh, we've, 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 we've proven that. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how it folds. Always believe in your soul. You got the power to know you're indestructible.
always believe it. You're listening to From the Rookery End. All right, that game finished, and it finished uh, Watford 1. Stoke 2. What a difference a week makes. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was definitely an aura of um, the... the <laughs> oh. It was fireworks, lovely. Um, that was definitely a feeling of um, the day after Lord Mayor's show. Yeah. Um, looked scruffy. What it looked like to me inside was my son's just got hold of a little handheld PlayStation and he's playing FIFA on it and he's four, so he doesn't know what all the buttons do. And it, that's kind of what Watford reminded me of today. Sort of quite high back in the rookery, just sort of seeing almost looking like um, a proper football team, but just not quite at the pace. And I think scruffy sums it up quite nicely. Misplaced passes. I think the big... If I have to take one negative takeaway from this season at the end of the season, and it looks like it still will be this, we give the ball away too easily. And that often comes from poor decision-making or trying to take a touch too many. Today, that was amplified, and the, and the balls were just bad. And it was no one was really innocent. Everyone, everyone chipped in with their own <laughs> um, poor, uh, poor delivery. And it was, just, it was just really, really frustrating. I thought we got back into the game, it finished 2-1. But I thought we were. That doesn't tell the story of the game. We were a long way short in that game. We came out quite quite heavily short. Yeah. Um, you say about you know, our, our bad passes, but I did think Stoke were just sticking a foot in. I thought they were just getting in the way. I and thought yeah. Stoke were excellent. Yeah. I thought they were excellent. They were strong. Um, Jason mentioned at half time. They're skillful, and they do. They know what they're doing. But so do our lot. You know, we're, we're streetwise, and I don't. I don't think there's anything out of the ordinary from Stoke. I thought they were better than us. We know they're a good side. We did them at their place. They've done us here. Simple as that. Jason, which areas? Prior to let's say the 60th minute, would you have where you think no, that was just nothing was working there? What Stoke were doing well was uh, using Imbula very well from a sort of deep midfield position. He was getting the ball, and because of the way we seemed to be setting up, Deeney was dropping wide left when we were defending. Kapu would come in a bit narrower, but they all seemed to be quite flat. And Barami from type, he'd come out and press the defenders, but no one. Would, pressing Bula and he was left in space it was easy for him to find space picking up the ball and he's good enough that once he starts running with it he's really really difficult to stop and we just didn't seem to react to that and if I if I can see that then you'd think the the coaching team could see that and they'd do something different to, to negate that and we weren't and that set Stoke up quite well and when the goal came you almost felt well, that was coming because they'd got into so many good attacking positions. I wonder whether a lot of people have been questioning Ben Watson's performances a little bit over the last couple of games and perhaps it wasn't a surprise to see him rested today, but with um, Suarez and um, uh, Gerardo sort of basically occupying the middle of midfield, did we have a, a bit of a soft underbelly and that basically played into exactly what Jason was explaining there. Um, I think Suarez did grow into the game um, but I think he still looks quite a long way. He just looks a little bit off the pace. It reminds me a little bit of Gerardo in terms of, I think, the ferocity of some of the challenges and the pace in which they're going into them, I think, took him by surprise a little bit. Obviously, a decent player in there somewhere, but a, a, a key, a, it was always going to be a key position in a game like today. And whether he quite stepped up to the mark today, I'm not sure. I'm not going to point the finger at Mario no, Suarez. No. I'm not saying he had a stink or anything, but I just think he was one of the reasons that, that it, it didn't go particularly to plan. And, you know, you do get these games where it doesn't quite doesn't quite happen, and people aren't passing it to the opposition on purpose. Gomez isn't fluffing his clearances on purpose. They do happen, and sometimes you just have to have to roll with it. But I just think it's disappointing that yeah, we just felt like we came came up quite a long way short. And after 
after the, the, the exaltation of the, of the weekend. Can I say that? Is that the right? I'll go with that, yeah. Uh, hey, we'll, just, we'll just get in touch with the Oxford English Dictionary. We'll stick it in. <laughs> and I think it's, a, it's always, you know, we say it's after the last minute show, not the Lord Mayor show, and it is, but it doesn't really feel like a good enough excuse for me. It's just a shame. It always happens. I know it does. Football, a lot of things that you can't really explain happen, and this seems to be one of them. You have an amazing day. You rarely follow it up. So... Just, it's just a bit disappointing, isn't it? It's just right, but let's think. We have got a big game coming up in a, in a not that distant future. Got a week off, nice. Yep. Uh, they've got Arsenal away. Um, return to the uh, to the scene of the crime, uh, <laughs> and then uh, Everton at home. But James, if you are sort of looking ahead a few weeks, about a month's time, you're thinking maybe what would be your starting midfield against Crystal Palace in the semi-final? My starting midfield. I would go with, I think I'd have Barami, Watson and Kapu, but I don't, I don't like Kapu playing out wide left. No. I think I'd go back to the, the sort of 4-3-1-2 plan 1.5 we had <laughs> uh, sort of January time, uh, late January, because I thought that, that looked decent. Um, because then the next question is, is, is Gerardo? Because he is this sort of, uh, you know, he hasn't sort of like shone, but he, we can see the quality there. Um, but the game today changed when uh, Amrabat's came on. And you're thinking, wow, here we go. Let's have a bit of fun and run at them. Well, yeah, he did. And he did well from that sort of, uh, from a wide position. You see, I, if I'm wanting to play 4-3-1-2, I'm looking to play Amrabat in behind Dini and Igalo, of course. Uh, but yeah, he, he showed that he... He played well from that sort of wide attacking position. Um, so it is a tricky. I, I'm glad I'm not a football manager. Eh? Kike, that's a tough I think decision we, to make. I think we need to put a, ban, a self-imposed ban on too much semi-final talk. I think it's, it's a yeah, valid yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and, but I think Amrabat was the big big positive out of that. And we going 2-0 behind with, what was probably half an hour to go still? Yeah, I'll get so, so a real chance to, to try and change the game. And we haven't been in this situation very often. So it was, in a, whilst it was disappointing, it was quite intriguing to see what, what was going to happen. And and bringing Amrabat on was, was good. That was a, a, a key, um, a positive. That's the thing I'll take away from it. I think that it dispels a myth as well. I think a lot of people have been complaining before in games that Kike makes substitutions too late. And I think, as you put it there, Mike, we've not been in that position where we're looking like we're out of a game before. So he's now he's had an opportunity to, to make changes early. He's done it um, and, and almost pulled it off. Yeah, and credit to him. I think they'd, you know, from almost nothing, we... I think it'd be overstating it to say it was a grandstand finish because it just wasn't. I think Stoke gobbled up everything we had to offer um, uh, after after the goal. Uh, and, you know, the celebration for the goal is one of the most lacklustre I've heard. It was one of the worst um, celebrations. I wasn't sure if I was allowed to almost, yeah, yeah. but I wasn't sure if it definitely had it. Yes, yeah. kind of yeah. But again, what, if, you, if you are going to pull any positives from that, Amrabat certainly won. <laughs> Um, Neil again, I thought was was decent for the for the for the most part. Jason's looking at me. Oh, I, 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 his his distribution today was appalling. Let's, let's 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 be honest. It was they were aimless balls at best. Um, and then, and you, you said it already, Mike. He wasn't the only one, but his just I don't know. Just seemed to stand out because they were just sort of long raking passes straight to the opposition every time Bristol didn't look his usual comfortable no. self either today was, uh, I wondered whether he might do a, a Louis van Gaal at 2-0 and actually bring a defender on bring Perdle on for one of the one of the centre-backs and, and throw him forward but you know it's just just a, just a little bit frustrating it, you have to say we, you know we did almost nick something from it you know we did get back into a game that we looked like 
getting absolutely nothing from. But we need to get into those games earlier. And just want to point out, I wasn't. I suppose I did say about thinking about the semi semi final. But I think what I meant was, what would be our ideal? What would be the best sort of midfield? Because the thing I think where we've got with that midfield, there's so many that I don't think we have a setup that gets tweaked. It's actually very different quite a lot of the time. It feel at least it feels that way. It's a valid question. You don't have to defend yourself. To I'm me, saying. Don't. I know. I know. I just what I'm saying. But no, we, we need to like we need to give our time to to get to that semi-final. It's still a long way off. Um, you, we, you know, we've got a week off now. Um, the girlfriends and wives will enjoy that. The uh, Arsenal away. Arsenal away. I know. We can do it again, can't we? Well, we can. Of course we can. But the thing that's going to bug me is looking at the league table again now and that, that gap between the bottom. We should be we should be safe. You know, we, we can't really be looking over our shoulder. But we do need to look over our shoulder if we don't want this season to be... Less than we think it deserves to but be. But I don't want us to look. I don't want to look over my shoulder. I just want to not have uh, a league season that just goes. Bleh. No, exactly. And I don't think that that's not down to where we finish. If Bournemouth finish above us, not. it's going to Arsenal next time and showing. Yeah, what if we do lose? Because Jason's there. <laughs> um, what if we do lose? Fine, but we don't lose because we were terrible. We don't have Everton at home and have, and we do the same as we were here. We need to play Everton at home and be better than this game. Yeah. We need to make sure by the time we get to Sunderland that we're in the FA Cup final already. We know that's coming next week. So we're having a good old fun game against a Sunderland side that have already gone down and we're having a bit of fun in the sunshine. I mean, that's more than anything that I want in terms of the league season. Then the following, we want to go to Wembley and uh, win the FA Cup. Fair point. Fair, fair, yeah. I think I, I'd subscribe to that. But I will no, ask but it, it's, it's not about winning every single game. Are we safe it's, then? Are we safe? You look at the gap. I, what I haven't done, for me to say, um, uh, we're definitely safe. Though, right? Hello, he's back. Hey. Um, what we haven't got is, I haven't looked at what running each of the teams has got and try to figure out if, if um, you know, tomorrow when, if, if it's a draw tomorrow... Um, between Newcastle and Sunderland. Well, that that's one story. If one of them wins, they might go on a run. Come on. If another, I don't know. Are we Shall safe? Yes or no? My guess is, yeah. Jase? Yeah, we should be. Look at where we are. I want to see that thing. Paul from Denver sends an email out every so often, doesn't he, with all the sort of stats. And he shows that that um, uh, it's the league positions. But where, so if Watford were on 59 points, we're next to 59. And then you see, and you, you can just see the gaps. So whatever point uh, you're next yes, to. Yes, I know. It's, it's something like the oh is it the gun table or something yeah. like that it's named after the lady that invented it oh, right. yeah. and that and you can see the gaps and actually look at that table I go oh we're fine and that's why the number we finish in the position the only problem that's going to be is how much millions do we get extra yeah, well, in the season I think we're safe as well um, what I, and I'm exactly with you. you you described it perfectly we want to have a good end to the season and I think it's important for the football club that the momentum is maintained cup, cup, the cup semi-final great the cup run is brilliant superb but we need to finish this um, this league season in the in the line of sight of people thinking they've had a good season so when we're going to players and say will you come and sign for Watford next yes. year they'll go yes because they I know what they did last year not because they were oh they were one of the ones that went up and they finished sort of 16th and sort of uh, had a good start but petered, about, petered out a bit that's not what we want, what we want this to be I'm stating stating the obvious there but I do think that everyone needs a bit of a, a big kick at the backside it, it was quiet again in, in Vicarage Road I thought this afternoon it's tense yeah, and I think that's fair, and and you know you do need the they do need what happens happening on the pitch to to drive what's happening in the stands as well a bit. But I don't know, I just feel a bit sort of 
I just just don't want this to peter out. It's been great. It's been an amazing season, and nothing. More. If it finished today, I don't think we'd be bothered. We still go to the pub and celebrate a, a fantastic achievement. But come on, I think I think we're better than this. Here we are. Uh, thank you very much, everyone. Who down- By the way, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much, everyone who downloaded last week's podcast. I know it was uh, after a very big win. There's some fantastic um, uh, numbers for downloading. Thank you very much. Uh, also, anyone who's watched the video that Mike uh, put together um, that we recorded of our day, if you want to go to uh, YouTube, search for from the Rickerind, uh, and you can see the the video of our our day and what we uh, where we went to um, before we went to the uh, to the to uh, the Emirates. Corner. Uh, corner. Before we go, I've got to say thanks. The, the two of the podcast worlds collided. Um, Ian Perkins, who is a big Watford fan and, and a, a Watford uh, and a listener to the podcast, which is great. Um, he also plays with uh, the Gaslight Anthem and, and Brian Fallon. And Tim Cocker, who some of you may or may not be aware of, he does the voices for, um, uh, for From the Rookery End. He does the funny little voices and stings and so on and so forth. They met in New York in, uh, in the middle of last week. So thank you to Ian for sorting out, Tim. Two of our little podcast friends meeting at the other side of the world. Super stuff. And the other person who we haven't met yet, uh, we would like to say welcome to the world, uh, is to one James Connor. Uh, Geordie did the podcast with us, uh, our little baby Hornet, the other day. He's got a dreadful record so far. Played one, <laughs> lost, played one, lost, right. lost. Da- I think Daniel, when he was born, lost his first five games and that was the end of Zola. So, uh, <laughs> so it, 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 it's, it's, uh, it'll be fine. You know, you got me worried now. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, do tell your friends uh, and uh, subscribe. Whack that subscribe button uh, if you listen via iTunes. Shall we finish the rest of season in a jolly, jolly fashion? Yeah, here we go. This is it now. Line in the sand. Onwards, ever onwards. Come on, you Hornets. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans. for Watford fans. From the rookery end.